0: we are two best friends talking about life inside and outside of the gym as women daughters sisters aunties coaches and friends we will tackle topics
1: ranging from the nervous system divorce body image and dating in your 40s
0: we also like to nerd out on the inner workings of the heart mind and body all content opinions and ideas are taken from our 47 years of combined coaching experience and is not medical advice we
1: don't apologize for being strong or believing we can change the world. We don't take ourselves too seriously around here, and we invite you to do the same.
0: <laughs> we are here, we are ready. Welcome to the Dear Life I'm In podcast. I am Lou
1: Crenshaw. And I am Chantel Dayton. And here we are again, having conversations. Yep. Around the body, around the human, around the heart and the mind and what makes us tick, what makes us turn on, what makes us turn off, Yep, all the things that are life.
0: And we're like going to go back to the beginning today. So we're going to go back to the start of the start of the start. And we are going to go back to the very foundational things that we started with and mm-hmm. that we that have been the foundation, they've been the pillars of everything that we've done. Maybe the language has changed a little bit, but even in the last maybe month or so, we've really come back even with the language to uh, what we did at the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even acknowledging
1: the things that we believed back then were foundational, and they're still foundational. Yes. You know, there's they didn't leave just because things look different now and just our programs. And they were really what we built, what we have now on. Yes. When you really look at the big picture, which is very cool yeah. to now come back to those things. Not like we forgot about them, but they just weren't in the everyday language that we were using when you are talking about movement so much um, inside of a gym. But when we did Camp 17, this was like, this was the blood.
0: Well, and I think it's because we had these, like, we had these very specific teachings. We had a very specific process to what we were doing. And so week one was this, week two was this, week three was this. And that's what we did and as we evolve the language maybe the time frames change so it wasn't necessarily class number one is mm-hmm. this and then class number two is this mm-hmm. and uh and so I think it was a few weeks back where we cleaned out the gym we purged some stuff we have this upstairs space that's great but it was filled with so much stuff. <laughs> yeah. Just was like stuff that needed to go to the dump or to mm-hmm. Goodwill or the trash, mm-hmm. which would also be the dump. Um, <laughs> and we came across our very first. Like journals that Giano. we created mm-hmm. um, for Camp Seventeen for that six weeks, and we if if you are if you are just joining us and you're like I have no idea what you guys are talking about, I'm not sure what episode is, but we we kind of go back to the foundation of the inception and the start of Camp Seventeen and how that came about, mm-hmm. and so the the foundation of Camp Seventeen being based upon friendship and and helping women fight for their lives and mm-hmm. we found these old journals and kind of were just looking through them and probably cried a couple tears of just yeah. seeing how far we've been and how far we've come and where we started and and then there's this the first page when you open it up you know it says welcome to camp 17 and we started reading it and literally we were both crying because it is still, as much as we have evolved and as much as what we've done has changed, it, it's absolutely, our heart is totally the same. So mm-hmm. Chantel's going to read, she's yeah. going to read out the just this, I'm gonna, and I'll read the second part, but just kind of what you you opened up to on your first day of Camp 17. You got this journal, you got your name tag, you got your Mm -hmm. t-shirt and you got your boxing gloves and you sit down and you're like, I'm not really sure what I signed up for. And then bam, you open this, this booklet that's beautiful and you're invited into this journey. Yeah, and it really is what happened opening it
1: up years later and reading it was, I feel like this, similar response to what we had women tell us when they first saw the first video that was even the promotional video which was they said they saw they saw this and they saw the video and then they started crying and then they just put in their credit card information <laughs> Yeah, and then they were signed up and they said they didn't really even know what was happening. They didn't know what to expect, but they just were, they felt invited into a process that, uh, that they were excited for. And so, uh, a couple of weeks ago, opening this up and reading it, I just really, I just looked at Lou and I was like, man, I want to go to camp, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So you open it up and, uh, and it greets you with this message. We would like to welcome you into this safe space of self-discovery. We invite you to hope for things you cannot yet see and know you are strong, capable, and so worth the fight. Our desire, your dreams to be unlocked, your potential realized, and for you to know what it feels like to come alive. We want to inspire you to see your story as beautiful. We will walk next to you We will challenge what you believe to be true about yourself. We will believe in you until you believe in yourself. We will fight for you when it feels like you have no fight left. This journey will not be easy, but will be worth it because you are worth it.
0: (laughs) So it's, it's still everything
1: that we do. It really is. You know, I remember... I remember going, by the way, I just went ahead and read both parts and we said Lou was going to read the other part, but I just went ahead and, and read it. I remember a while back Long, long, long time ago, before you and I started working together, and we were friends, and I was just really interested in who you were as a woman, and and just the authority that you carried in in certain areas of your life. And so, I went and I listened to you speak at uh, women's events very often, and I just sat in the audience just as as your friend, as your best friend, and I was just so inspired by you, and and it was really interesting because I would hear you speak and I would think things that was it wasn't what you were saying but it was just like it was almost the foundation of what you were saying or almost the application of what you were saying and I still feel like that happens now when we work together is you have this way of making complex things very digestible and even in when people are trying to find parts of their body or in movement and you make things that can seem so complicated, so e- it's not easy, but it's just so simple. But it's almost like it can't be that simple. It has to be complicated. Right. <laughs> and so um, so I remember going and listening to you speak somewhere and thinking, gosh, what she's saying is that we must be for other people what we want them to be for us. And that's the struggle, is that we're all waiting for people to be what we need. Mm. And everybody's just waiting,
0: yeah, just
1: sitting around and waiting. And so I remember that... Just pondering that. And I'm like, that's what she's saying. But how do we have the courage, or how can we actually do that without expectation? You know, sometimes it's, well, I'll do this and I'm doing this because I have an expectation that then you will be this for me or you will provide this for me. And so listening to you speak and that coming forth, I thought, okay, well, we can't even be for other people what we want them to be for us if we don't even know who we are yeah you know if we don't even know who we are and we don't know but how do we how do we connect those dots you know how do we and I still believe that that is that is the struggle because even as humans we need each other to grow right and so if we need each other and we're super needy and we feel needy and we don't want to be needy and we have expectations, but we don't want to have expectations. How do we sift through these things in life and feel normal, but also be able to express what we need, but also be an asset to this world and to other people's lives as well. And so even just like looking at what we're going to talk about to begin with, I feel like that's kind of, I mean, what we're going to talk about today. Um, and I feel like it's a its a good in- introduction in- to this because we often feel like if we want to belong, we have to be like so self-sacrificial or uh, abandon ourselves in order to be chosen or to be kept. And so we do that and then therein starts the cycle of... Um, yeah, I don't want to say of like deceiving yourself, but just abandoning yourself sometimes. But there's a healthy way to do it. And we've approached it in a completely different way, which.
0: Yeah. Or denying that we actually have needs. Mm-hmm. Thinking that, well, if I'm not needy, then I'm a stronger, more independent, self-sufficient person. But I'm, but I'm ultimately functioning in a self-protective, hypervigilant mode on a regular basis Mm -hmm. and so knowing that my ability to realize to acknowledge to accept to share to um, allow myself to have needs is really important Mm -hmm. and and to know that the more that I deny that I have needs that would be fulfilled by other people The more that I can come home to myself as Mm -hmm. I acknowledge I I actually have needs and I really do need people. Mm -hmm. And so when we started. Which
1: I feel like some people just threw up in their mouth a little bit. (laughs) and
0: That's okay. (laughs) Because it is like,
1: what? I don't need anybody. If I need people, then that means I might be, you know. Betrayed or human, or I might be abandoned or I might be hurt.
0: Yeah.
1: And so they look at that, like you just said, like protecting themselves. And we protect ourselves by denying our needs sometimes and denying our need for other people. Yeah. And because that's just safer. Yeah. And we base that on the experience that we've had with other people where we might have been abandoned, we might have been hurt, we might have been you know, whether that be intentionally, yeah, left, deserted. Not taken care of. Yes. All of
0: those things may have actually been true.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so when we started, so we had this dream of this thing of helping women come alive and fight for their lives. And we had these things that we wanted to talk about, but there, there were so many things. And then I remember there was one day where there was this question mulling around in my head that seemed like this gigantic question of how could anyone answer this without a thousand different answers. And the question was, what are the products of necessity for every human soul? Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, "Uh, that's deep. uh, I don't know. What are the products of necessity for every human soul? We have those physical needs. We need water, food, air, Mm-hmm. you know sleep and all those things mm-hmm. but the question felt so much deeper mm-hmm. and it needed to be uh it needed to be whittled down into something that was digestible mm-hmm. that could fit into 6 weeks that could uh that could be shared and taken and applied to life mm-hmm. and so i do i remember there was a day that you and i we sat down and just trying to dream. We're, tr- we're being creative. So we sat down at a table. We put up this divider in the middle of the in the middle of the table. And- Classic
1: Lou and Chantel.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like what are you gonna come up with? What am I gonna come up with? And where is this all gonna intersect together? Mm-hmm. And I remember we both drew these two pictures that were very profound, and they were each very different. And what came out of these drawings and out of these pictures were the five pillars that became the pillars of Camp 17, mm-hmm. which are belonging, contribution, empathy, victory, and celebration. And each one of these things felt like such a necessity for every human soul. Mm-hmm. It, they, they all felt so necessary and they all involved a question that was an internal question of, of our own introspection, but then also asking this question that involved other people. Yeah, And so knowing that being this for myself and then also being this for others or being vulnerable with other people or mm-hmm. allowing people in, it was this two sided coin as we looked at these pillars and, and from these pillars, we built everything, that even now we're doing mm-hmm. right we just did our summit this weekend and the whole time that we were doing it the 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 topic was power passion and purpose mm-hmm. and i just the whole time the entire weekend that we were talking i'm thinking we're having our contribution conversation mm-hmm. so many things that we said i'm thinking oh my gosh this is what this is what we talked about For Mm -hmm. the last seven years, Mm -hmm. it just was interwoven between workouts and breath journeys and ice baths and breath exercises and creativity and writing. And it was woven into the fabric of everything we were doing instead of being just this one topic. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which is which is, again, another way to digest it. You know, it it really is not just sitting and having a concept. And that's what I feel like was kind of the difference between what we did and what other people were doing that we knew of was that we had this concept, but it wasn't just a concept. It wasn't just a good idea. It was something that was absorbed as or even received with the women as "This this is a necessity. This isn't just, oh, this is a good idea. This is a necessity.
0: For your soul. For your
1: soul. And so often in the gym, we address the body, right? But we don't address the body in the ways that help long term. It's usually, I need to lose weight. I need to get stronger. Yes, yes. I don't want to be these things as I age. So I need to take action now and and make a difference now. So then in the long term or in the long run i am quote healthy right but it was just so cool when we started looking at this and saying like okay there's internal there's external there's the body what the body looks like but the body even though it looks healthy it might not be healthy right it there are there's much more there and so when you start you know looking at the products of necessity for every hu- human soul like that's a really powerful <laughs> thing you know like every very human daunting soul. yes because it's it, male or female it doesn't matter yeah like this yeah. is but obviously we're working with women and so applying it with them it was just it was such a powerful program it was so powerful. And just to really look back and just to know we were just, we just saddled up and we were ready to do whatever, but just starting there with the products of necessity for every human soul, it was, um, such a great place to start. I mean, (laughs) when you really think about it, you're like,
0: is there any other true starting place? Yeah. You know? Right. And then the, Really, the premise. There's a quote by C.S. Lewis that we that we put in the journal because when we were doing what we were doing, it was almost like there were these women coming to us, and there was a fire in them that had just been put out. Mm. It was still going, right? It's like that campfire in the morning where all it needs is just a little bit of oxygen. It Mm -hmm. needs a little bit of oxygen and it needs a little bit of wood, Mm -hmm. and that is what takes and a little bit of stoking to get it going and we were like this is what we're getting to do for women in their lives and so there was this quote that we also put it's on the next page of it's it's right before we do their first day freak out you know where they would come in and just we'd talk about, okay, you all are freaking out about something. You're all a little bit nervous about something, whether, you know, whatever it is, whether I'm going to look silly or I'm going to get hurt or I'm not going to know how to do this or somebody's going to know me or, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. And so this quote says, if there is a real woman, even the trace of one still there inside the grumbling, it can be brought to life again. If there's one, we spark under all those ashes, we'll blow it till the whole pile is red and clear. Hmm.
1: It's just so good. But how often do you think, even just as you were talking about, it's like the campfire in the morning. How often do we just go right to the bottle of like, what is it? Is it kerosene? It's not kerosene. What is it? Lighter fluid. Lighter fluid. There we go. Like kerosene. I'm like, I don't know if that's the right word. And we just go right to that because we feel like we don't have time to sit there and blow on these embers. We don't have time to find little dry pieces of wood to do this. We're just going to put the wood that we have right here. That's convenient. But there's something so beautiful about when you take the time, when you take your breath and you blow on those embers and you just watch the smoke start to increase and then you watch the embers get brighter and then you begin to have hope, right? It's like that. Because sometimes we start with a little bit of hope and sometimes it's not even hope it's just wonder like what if i blew on this what if this is still capable of having a flame what if and so you get down not because like in if we're like so hopeful and then there's no hope we find out at the end you know, i don't feel like that's this kind of situation it really is just wondering about yourself and then the hope kind of comes in or it comes back to life. And and so it's a little bit safer, I feel like, to wonder than it is to have hope because it's even though hope is an absolute necessity, I feel like, and because some people just kill the hope and they just have no hope for the life, bringing back their body, bringing back their spirit, bringing back their heart, bringing back their mind, like coming back online, they just lose that. But I mean, if you're, if you're listening to this, I just encourage you to just wonder about yourself rather than deciding, you know, that it is, that it's concrete, that it's already done.
0: Right. Well, and so I think the thing too, that's very interesting about what you just said about the fire of just like putting the lighter fluid on it is that when we do that we can't you can't take and put a humongous log on the fire right off the bat Mm -hmm. right you you just said that like you can't do that you Mm -hmm. need to go find little sticks maybe you get some paper or some newspaper and you do those little things Mm -hmm. you know it's it works the same way that your metabolism works if you haven't been eating food on a regular basis and your body's been starving, I don't just take and put you on 2,500 calories and hope that your metabolism's gonna start kicking in, right? Mm -hmm. We need to stoke the fire a little bit and let's put you around the same calories that you're eating every day, but consistently you start eating that every day Mm -hmm. for a week. And then maybe we add a little bit more and we add a little bit more until your body starts to remember what it's like to be fed mm-hmm. and then your metabolism begins and you and you were the one that you know gave this analogy about the fire of just being able to that our metabolism functions like that but that's our life as well mm-hmm. like it's a little bit right we don't want to come into the gym all of a sudden put you on a diet and you're training five days a week. Mm-hmm. And you're, you know, make sure that you drink a gallon of water every single day. And make sure that you're getting 30 grams of fiber every single day. Mm-hmm. And don't you're going to quit. any sugar. Don't drink, drink any alcohol. You should definitely quit smoking right now. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So it is, it's that all, not all or nothing. But we just, we just believe
1: that there is, we want everything to complement each other. Which is which is good. We want that. But often when you look at a change of seasons, a change of seasons is, is good, right? It, it is a, that's, that's, there is going to be certain things that happen, but we feel like, okay, we have all this gusto to change this. I need to change all the other things. When really are you, you're changing the season to then the next season, what's gonna happen the next season, right? The next season, typically, you're not gonna be able to maintain all of those changes. Mm -hmm. It's way too much stress on the system just making all those changes in general, right? And so, um, because we've had ladies do that, and you wanna be excited for them because they wanna make these changes, but you also are like, reality Mm -hmm. is that you have three children, you're you're quitting smoking, you're quitting drinking, you haven't been working out at all. And now you're working out four days a week and you want to start eating better.
0: Your poor body is like, yeah girl, this is too much stress. Mm-hmm.
1: And then it's, you're going to be able to maintain it for a while until you remember that you're also human and life then comes in. Right. And then it's like, oh, I can't do this right now. Well, this is your life. So it's like, how do we, how do we do that? And so this, I, I think that our, our way definitely isn't just throw the big log on the fire and throw gasoline on it. Right. That it, works. Not. It totally does. For a little while. For a little bit. But then you think about when you really look at that, it burns it up and there's not those foundational embers mm-hmm. that are keeping it. You know, it's something external, like really, like we can, we can, get the fire hot enough. We just have to look at our conditions. Like, is it, is it raining? Is the wood wet? Is it right? We have, we have to look at like what we have around us, but then we also have to be educated too, right? It's, it is the, the wood that's around us, the things, the sources that we're pulling from, right? We're not always going down to the minute market and buying this nicely cut dry wood and then this pile of kindling, And then we go to our campsite, It is. Like you and I, we just went camping recently and we drove down the road. Actually, I don't know if this is legal or not. So maybe (laughs) (laughs) we drove down the road and there was just, there were trees that had been knocked down. There were things that were dead. There were things that were still like, you know, alive that we tried to burn that didn't burn. There were things that smoked and we were like, well, we can't burn that wood anymore. Like that was (laughs) too much. Or we'd put wood on there and it would burn so quickly. And then we found this one that kind of burned a little bit longer and that was, that was better. It needed
0: a foundation.
1: It needed that. that. Yeah.
0: A lot of smaller pieces.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think
0: that's such a, I think it's such such an important, um, an important, uh, part of the journey is realizing that the little things hold the big things together. Mm hmm that we don't have to go. I mean, when you come into our gym, we do not put you on a nutritional plan. We don't even talk to you about nutrition. Mm-hmm. We talk to our ladies about nutrition when our ladies come to us and are ready to talk about nutrition, mm-hmm. because if you're not ready, you're not ready. And it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It, it just does not matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's one of those things
1: where you think, you know, until you realize that you don't know. And we think that we know we want to do all the things but in in all reality it's they they come here and they sometimes just want us to tell them what to do and which some people in life it's it is it's hard you know it's like i have a lot to worry about i want to just just tell me what to do please and but building the relationship where then you are more connected to yourself through movement and through breath and then we talk about food right
0: Absolutely. Yeah. When you're ready, because if you're not ready, you're not ready to make those sacrifices and you're not ready to, to participate in the discipline of this. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, it's just not a reality. Mm -hmm. And so for some people, even just coming into the gym and just moving a couple days a week, just keep eating like you're eating. But the thing that automatically happens is that as you start moving a little bit more, you might want to change your food a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Or as you start changing your food, you might want to start moving. I've, for the first time in my life, like really, I'm very much paying attention to my food in this season. Mm-hmm. I got a little chubby and I didn't feel very good in my own skin. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what, what would happen if I just became really disciplined with my food? Cause I never have been, I've never, I've never felt like I needed to, I've never wanted to. Mm-hmm. And so I just didn't. Um, And I also don't really have any shame around food. So I just... Bless you. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't sneeze. (laughs) Um, and, And I know that's not everybody's story. But for me, it wasn't. But what started to happen was as I started eating better, my body started naturally wanting to move a little bit more. I've just really been in a season probably the last two or three years of just really struggling to take care of myself Mm -hmm. taking I'm not not taking care of myself taking care of my body Mm -hmm. I've been very much in a season of taking care of my heart and growing and learning and becoming more tender and realizing that I need a little bit more self-compassion and so the journey has been very much a journey of my heart um, and connecting my heart to my mind and my heart to my body. But I think I struggled for a really long time of how do I have a tender heart and like do hard things Mm -hmm. in the gym? And I just really struggled to find the intersection. It just felt like there couldn't be one or the other. And then I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I am feeling very chubby. I'm not moving. I actually feel kind of crappy. I don't even remember if I can do hard things anymore. I know I probably can, but I'm not doing hard things with my body Mm. and that not doing the hard things with my body. I was then just kind of eating whatever and my heart being the primary, the primary goal and, you know, walking with people and Mm -hmm. what we were doing in the gym and all of that. And so I just sort of put my, my body just kind of went on the back burner and uh, and so recently I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch my food and just see what happens. And as I've been watching my food, I've been moving a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And not massively, not hours at a time, just going, okay, I have 12 minutes right now. I've coached for 10 hours today and I've got 12 minutes until the next class starts. I'm just going to do some intervals on the ski Mm -hmm. and I'm just going to move and sweat just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Right. But sometimes it feels like if it's not you know, the entire thing, I should do nothing mm-hmm. instead of, okay, I've got 10 minutes. I'm going to get up and I'm going to go walk around. Yeah. Or, okay, I'm going to do 20 burpees right now because I've got a little bit of time, mm-hmm. you know? And so for, for me, that really, um, that was really helpful. And so we, we were talking about this. We've been writing notes back and forth to each other on the table. Um, but we were going to make this episode five parts. Mm-hmm. And then I just wrote Chantelle a note. And I was like, hey should we just make this a long form podcast and so this baby is going to be long so you may have a lot of trips back and forth to work but people do love the long form and somebody asked us like can't you make your podcast a little bit longer (laughs) um and so we're actually going to take what we were going to do in these pillars and we were going to stretch them out for five podcasts we're just gonna make it one. Yeah, let's just do it. So let's just do it. Yeah, might as well. Yeah, might as well. I feel well. Like it's it's great because then you just get all the pieces and all the parts. And mm-hmm. um, so what what is what is the very first uh stake? And and guys, so if you look in the dictionary at all of these words, you're probably not going to find uh, these definitions because these are actually when we started talking about these, um, these words and what they really meant, Chantelle and I just kind of wrestled back and forth between, okay, this is the definition in the dictionary, but also what do we think this is and how do we see this in life? And so as we give these like definitions and what we're saying is, is really just what, we believe them to be and then asking the question that is more introspective and then the question that is more with the people that love you. And we would really challenge you as you listen to this podcast, really taking some time to ask yourself these questions Mm -hmm. and to to answer them. And I'm sure along the way that we'll have maybe just a couple of uh, of ideas of, of things that you can do to. Um, implement some of these uh, in your life just some little hey you should try this why don't you grab your phone and mm-hmm. da, 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 and and just really start to um, engage this a little bit more in your life and again none of these none of these pillars are anything that we invented um, but a lot of a lot of them are you know conversations that we've heard in the world but this is also a conversation that we, started have I, I feel like some words are so um just talked about all the time now, mm-hmm. but you kind of look back and we're talking about them before a little bit before it was it felt like it was an everyday conversation, yes, yeah. like
1: buzzwords or yeah. you know when the word is is laid by somebody who's well known and way who more followers has letters after their name
0: and you know Speaking you're like of followers if you wouldn't mind the sharing that you listen to this subscribing to our podcast uh, leaving a review that would be rad. Yes,
1: yes. Yeah. Unless like you have something to
0: negative to say, then keep it to yourself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I always say that. I'm like you do always say, that. Uh, even though we do constructive criticism is fantastic, and yeah. so uh, we we. So do you love
0: were that. really just joking?
1: Yes. Okay. Only partially. Only. Partially. No, <laughs>
0: Um so what, what what was the first stake that we came up with?
1: So the first uh the camp. first stake in in camp seventeen. Now we say pillars, pillar. they are we did call them stakes because we really did want to have the play on words with what we were doing with uh with camp seventeen. And so camp, camping, pre season training grounds for season is like kind of what we were we were going for. And so we thought, okay, well, a, a camp and you're camping and so the 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 stakes in your tent like if you have one out you know it kind of leaves one side saggy and so is this picture that we had of you know you I mean this is kind of funny but you're coming with like a saggy tent and for some of you you have one stake that you are like yes I implement this this is good but we slowly have moved away from that analogy because it was cute for a time and now uh more so we consider them pillars, um, because they are, they are extremely important. And, um, so our first one was belonging and it was, uh, something that was, I feel like it was talked about, you know, in, um, in like the self help community, um, and something that was acknowledged, but I feel like we brought a, definitely a powerful stance to it. And so, When we both did, um, we both went in separate rooms and with all of these pillars, we, I wrote down my definition and Lou wrote down hers and then we came together and we collaborated and this is what we came up with. So might've argued a little bit too. Yes,
0: we did. No, I don't agree with you on that. It's like, you don't have to agree. (laughs) We probably didn't say that. It was probably like, no, you need to agree. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
1: So belonging is the the security in relationship where love and acceptance exists regardless. And so, belonging. You once said this. We are more afraid of not belonging
0: than we are of dying. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that was not mine. I'm
1: I'm no, you had said
0: somewhere else. I don't. Yeah, sure. Who said it?
1: So when you think about that, that's, you're like, no way. I'm totally afraid of dying. Like I'm afraid of dying. You kidding me? Like belonging, like whatever. And then you really think about it. Like, what if you felt like you didn't belong? Yeah. And what if you felt like you didn't belong or you didn't even know who you were because you've left parts of yourself out of relationships that you were in because you feel like they would conflict with you being kept around yeah and when you think about that you're like, no, no, I would stand up for who who I am and I would do this well, yeah because you probably have a few people that you belong with mm. and so you aren't afraid of not being chosen by these people because you've been chosen by one, two three or these other you know yeah. the people that are in your corner
0: and by belonging we're not talking about fitting in no we're not talking about you abandoning your heart uh changing the way you look making sure you lose enough weight dressing a certain way uh driving a certain car living in a certain house and you know creating a a an image that then you feel like you fit in with this group of people that you fit in with but there's that doesn't feel like security and this definition is the security in relationship where love and acceptance exists, regardless, regardless of your car or regardless of your house, regardless of your finances, regardless of, you know, who you are or what you're going through. But it Mm -hmm. really is that place where we look at our lives and we can ask the question of who do we choose and love? And then, who chooses and loves us? Mm-hmm. And so, those are those two questions: of who do you choose, who do you love, who do you who do you love and choose in relationship where love and acceptance exist regardless? Like, who are those people that you love and accept regardless? Interesting
1: enough, is we actually do a version of this in in our two day workshop in shift, and we talk i talk about belonging and authenticity or authenticity and attachment which belonging is is included in that and i actually ask the ladies these questions still and then i have them write on a piece of paper what or who the first question i ask them is
0: who do you choose who do you love yeah maybe pause this podcast right now <laughs> yeah. and write down who you love and choose mm-hmm. and who you love and accept without any sort of what's the word I'm looking for? Reservation. Yeah. yeah. Regardless. You yeah. love and accept this person these people regardless of their behavior. Yes. And so you
1: we have them do that right and so they write this list and typically I see some women like their pens are on fire and they are writing name after name after name after name after name after name after name and there's 10 names on there 15 names on there and then later on we we talk a little bit more And then I asked them who uh, who put themselves on that list in the who who do you no in. Yeah. Who do you in this in the same. Yeah. Who do you choose who put themselves on that list? And maybe maybe you would have one person and that person put it on there because they've been to our workshop. (laughs) Yep. And they think they're like, whoa, and then some of them are like, oh man, I saw that one coming or <laughs> gosh, that's so true. And so so I said, okay, so you're putting these people before yourself, but then really then I, then I preface like, okay, I'm gonna invite you to put your name on that list, not because you should or because you have to, but inviting you in this moment right now to make the decision and the commitment to choosing and loving yourself. But let's go back to the definition and what the definition actually is and how powerful and most women will sit there and they will hesitate. They'll hesitate because security in relationship where love and acceptance exists regardless. So do you love and accept yourself if you're fat? Hmm. Do you love and accept yourself if you've lied or you've cheated Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or you have abandoned someone or something happened from your hand that affected other people Mm -hmm. like you disappointed yourself in some way do you still regardless regardless is that word yeah and they all just kind of sit and I okay but yet this list right here you're gonna tell me that you're gonna provide that for all those other people but you're questioning whether or not you provide it for yourself
0: yeah and and the security in relationship of as we've seen for so long, um, in, since we've moved into a lot of nervous system regulation and breath and all things vagus nerve and th- the regulation of the body of women not even feeling safe inside of their own bodies. Mm-hmm. And so knowing the dysregulation that can happen with that, which I can, we can talk about a little bit as we you know as we continue in this conversation um but then we move into that question of who chooses and loves you Mm -hmm. yeah and most of the time the list will look
1: somewhat similar you know but the two lists look Mm -hmm. similar and yet some women are so sure of the people that they choose but yet they aren't sure if they choose them back if those people choose them back yeah and It's not a matter, because you can choose people that don't choose you back, Yeah, you can. And you have the freedom to do that. And so, but often we will choose people because we want them to choose us back. And even if they don't, then we try to do different things so that they will choose us back. And then we go back to belonging and we're trying to belong with someone. We're trying to have this relationship that is reciprocal, right, is that the right word? reciprocated reciprocated yeah reciprocal reciprocal yeah. yeah and and so we have this we we're trying to build this relationship where this is happening and so we then end up weighing what are the things about myself that might be too much for this person or the reason why they're not choosing me back and so what things can i abandon within myself so that they do choose me back yeah but then they're choosing a lie yeah Right. They're choosing a lie. And it's not that they're choosing intentionally choosing a lie, knowing that it's a lie. Like that's very deceptive. Right. It's deceptive. And there's a responsibility. And even in what you've said, this is like people pleasing is actually manipulation because you're not actually giving them a true honest source of what your opinion is, of who you are, of what you want, what you believe and what you stand on. And so often we'll keep those things hidden and it's not saying that you have to reveal everything to everyone, but it is like those people that are intimate in your circle, that's where we need, Like, if we don't have those two or three or four relationships Where we do have, where we are allowing ourselves to be known and being chosen for fully who we are, even with all of our messy stuff. But I don't know about you, but it's a pretty incredible place to really be when you know that you can be fully who you are and be chosen by somebody else. Yeah. Like fully. And I'm sure parents feel that way about their children.
0: Yeah. You know, Um, and where they sometimes but sometimes you've got children that are going to abandon their hearts and they're going to Mm -hmm. leave parts of themselves behind because it affects their attachment to their parents because it's too much or it's not enough or Mm -hmm. you know uh, they're just too much for for their parents yeah you know in those moments
1: yeah or even like parents are choosing their children and the children aren't necessarily choosing the parents You know, like they are in in the sense that is like, who do you choose slash love? Yes. But like is like when a child loves their mom or dad, is it conditional? If my dad does this, then am I going to be like, I'm going to peace out or the other way around so we can look at both sides of this. Right. But like so often when the ladies write down all of their things, they write down every single person in their family, you know their kids and their their mom or their dad or whoever and then when they write down on the other who chooses you, sometimes their kids don't show up on that line cuz they don't know if their kids choose them or not. Right? And so that's kind of the cool part. Also that we do is that then we invite them to tell someone in their circle that they do now with the definition in front of them. Just send somebody a text message and say Hey, you know, I choose you. Yeah. I love you is something that we throw around all the time. And, but
0: when you really say like, I choose you. People might text you back and ask you if you're sick or dying. Or yeah. If okay. Yeah. Or if there's an emergency or. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or what, what has happened? Because that, that part gets, that part can get really challenging when mm-hmm. we you know, when we are, because what you're doing is you're just opening a door of vulnerability to, Mm -hmm. to somebody not responding. I mean, we've had women who no, nobody responded or Mm -hmm. they felt like too much. And, and, but we, but I think the thing that's really important for us to understand is the safer that we become in our own bodies, the safer that we can begin to feel in relationship and you know our ability to manage our nervous system and to create regulation inside of our bodies mm-hmm. is so important mm-hmm. um you know your sleep is important your ability to eat food on a regular basis is important your ability to not um you know house every single emotion that feels too scary to feel mm-hmm. and you know our ability to engage Um, Honestly, with the people around us, those sorts of things are so they're so important. And so for some of us, you know, I often talk about how this, this subject of belonging can feel really challenging of like some people thinking maybe they just are really bad at making friends, but they may just have a a nervous system that's deeply dysregulated for Mm -hmm. a lot of different reasons. Mm -hmm. And so the more that we can begin to regulate and be inside of our bodies, the safer that we can feel in a world that may not feel safe mm-hmm. and the more that we regulate the more that we can start to see people that we can regulate with and realize whoa these are people that I'm completely dysregulating with right it's our nervous systems they they co-regulate with people so sometimes trouble finds trouble mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. function finds function um, or sometimes dysfunction tries to find function but it they sort of run into each other and it doesn't work. So, this conversation is really, really, really big. But r- when we get when we get into the heart of the matter, we all need to have a place where we belong. Mm-hmm. We need to have people that we belong to, that we belong with. Um, we need people that we can be a burden to, and they can be a burden to us because that really is relationally right. I I need to be able to be a burden to you at times as your best friend because that's important for me to know that, oh my gosh, I could burden you with my tears or with my stress or with my troubles today and I am willing to be burdened by you. Mm -hmm. But so often we don't wanna be a burden or we've been a burden or we've been told that we're a burden and so we try to do everything that we possibly can to unburden everyone. Mm -hmm. But in the midst of that, we're feeling extremely isolated and like nobody really knows us. Mm And then we t- we
1: try to even take on the burden, so many burdens, you know? And that was the other thing with even acknowledging the capacity that you have in when you make this list and you have 15 people and you're like, can you actually provide yeah. that at that level for that many people? No, and that's okay. It doesn't mean that you don't have time for people. It doesn't mean that you don't, Um, it doesn't mean that you don't have that connection. It doesn't mean that you aren't friends with those people. I can name a lot of women that I am friends with, but that I don't provide this level of belonging to. Like that depth. There are very few humans in my life where I provide that for. But man, I tell you, I will... I will die for it. Like I will die for them.
0: But we have to realize that we don't have the capacity
1: to be that for everybody. Yes. And so I look at and we know bodies and we I'm sitting there and the ladies who have 15 people on their list. I know their personality and I know their body. I see them move and I'm like, you are overly stressed you are extremely anxious and you don't know how to connect to yourself because if you were connected to yourself you would realize that this is outside of your capacity right and it is like the it's like the sickness of women sometimes is that we just feel we want to be these things for everyone around us but we don't know how it's like that all in or all out right where the list can move from 15 to 7 And it doesn't mean that the ones that you took off the list are, you know, now just out on the street. No, it doesn't mean that. Yeah. Right. And so there's, there's a lot to consider and we do talk about it in, in our two days. um, And we do look at just how to be your authentic self. And when you are your authentic self, then you're able to look at this and provide belonging or not necessarily provide belonging, but you're able to offer this in relationship, this level of depth from a place where you still can be authentic to who you are, right? Because
0: you've accepted yourself. You are becoming safe inside of your own body. You Mm -hmm. are no longer abandoning your heart Mm -hmm. around every corner because it's just easier to do that.
1: Yeah, and the hard part is as you get older and you realize these patterns, and you begin to realize gosh I don't even really know who I am yeah
0: we have a lot of we have a lot of women that that's it's part of the reason I wanted to go deeper with people um i i, w- I had a gym all those years ago and i loved what i was doing but i wanted to go deeper because it was almost obviously women didn't do that do this but you know, you ask them their name and it's like so-and-so's wife and -and so-and-so's mom. Mm -hmm. And then you ask her what she loves and she has no idea.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very true. And even just culturally, I have some clients that, uh, that I work with in the morning and Tess, the gal who works with us. She just had a baby. She's absolutely gorgeous. Um, Lila James. And, um, when she came up the other day and she was holding lila one of my clients said oh it's lila's mom and then she kind of just like got big eyes and then tess is like i know and and she's like it feels like that is like it wasn't a warning but it was like that is sometimes what happens is as your daughter gets older then you're just lila's mom and yeah you are not just yeah yeah and so she's like and then my client just said like remember like you are not just Lila's mom and but little girls are Lila's friends like it's Lila's mom it's Lila's mom where all of a sudden you disappear and then but Tess is doing a really great job of I mean a lot of different things but even just acknowledging that where it's like whoa yeah, like that's a possibility where people don't even know my name. They just know me as Lila's mom. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, so losing yourself in that. But anyway, I think that uh, the, yeah, this, the pillar of of belonging is a huge one. And some people just get stuck there and they they didn't. In camp, they're like, I, I can't even get past that one yeah. because it's and just this is so like powerful.
0: such a bigger conversation. I mean, we could talk about, we could get... So much deeper, but Mm -hmm. you could, you could go back and listen, uh, to the Vegas nerve podcast. I'm not sure what episode that is, but you could go back and listen to that and, and hear how, uh, how belonging affects your nervous system and how your nervous system can affect, uh, belonging and your health and your immunity and all of, and all of that. Mm -hmm. Lots of goodness. Yeah.
1: All right. Are we ready to move on to the next one? Why not? What's our next pillar, Lou?
0: Our next pillar is the pillar of contribution. Hmm. And this, this, this means money. Is this how much money we give? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this, this is playing the significant and purposeful lead role in the story of your life. Hmm. So, Chantelle, if you are not playing the lead role in the story of your life in this world who is
1: no one correct no one and that is kind of crazy when you really think about it and I think that that is where the word significant is important to include in this definition because It's significant in the sense that if you don't play it, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden somebody else will fill the job. There is a spot for you, there is a place for you.
0: Did you just hear that, everybody? (laughs) Yeah.
1: And part of one of the struggles of life is finding out what that looks like in action like what are you doing in the world to contribute not so that you get something Mm -hmm. but because it's actually what you were made for it's what you were designed for every one of us has a unique skill set and the hardest part about discovering this is that we don't get to look at a model that's external right i don't get to look at you but you could. As a guide to try to figure out who I am, right? I can't look at you and say, I mean, I can. I can say, you know, Lou's doing this. She's really good at this. I want to be good at this too. I want to do this. I want to do that. But even then, I can be good at those things. But what things, like, what unique skill set do I have? What do I bring to the world that looks like me? And so often we feel like if it isn't at the front of the classroom, is it? If it isn't, um, if it doesn't uh, hold a title in some capacity, whether it be like in government, or if you're not um, an on influencer, an
0: influencer. Oh boy, oh boy. There was no influencers when we created all of this, though. No, wasn't. No, there wasn't. No. Yeah, but you have a couple really great analogies when it comes oh well thank to you this and uh you've got one about a party and then you've got one about some flip-flops and eyes mm-hmm. so first of all these questions that we're asking in contribution is why are you alive mm-hmm. and then the other part of the question is are you living mhm and so I would, I would challenge you to answer those questions. Mm-hmm. Why are you alive? Mm-hmm. I, and I will, I will tell you that you are not alive to die every day sitting at a desk at a job that you hate so that you can have retirement that in 30 years you get to, li- you get to use in order to start living your life.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Lou, I got bills to pay. Well,
0: that's another part of this, right? <laughs> we get into this conversation. I mean, do you want me to get into this right yeah, now? Yeah,
1: well, Lou, let me let me just let me just preface this, okay? Because this is going to be a road that we go down that I feel like is a wrestle because you and I are both single and we don't have any children, and so it's seen. As it's really easy for us to say things like this because we don't have the responsibilities that other women do have. And we will wrestle all day long. (laughs) Like we really will. It's not like, oh, yep, you got me there. You're right. Yeah, we're definitely aware of that. And we are aware that our calling looks more burdensome than most. And it doesn't look the same. However, it very well could Yeah, I'm like, do we want to go down this road? Do we want to hold hands down this road, or
0: do we want to? What does this look like? Does this look like a bulldozer today? <laughs> are we forging a new road? I am in ludial. I could bring a lot of bulldozers. I'm in ludial
1: too, so I'm ready to rumble. But, um, and you can reference one of our other podcasts on the flow effect. To if you're like, know what really? What are, you what are
0: you talking about? Ludial. <laughs> what is ludial? So here's the thing as you just said it, I will quickly hold your hand and bulldoze this part of this question, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, we all have bills to pay. That is a part of life, right? But are we thriving in our life or are we just enduring our life? Like are we actually living or are we surviving, Mm. right? And that's just a whole other nervous system conversation as well because it's really hard to enjoy life truly when you are in survival mode Mm -hmm. and survival mode is exactly what that sounds like. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I feel like I have so many things that I want to say and I'm just not going to (laughs) should probably just have another podcast. (laughs) Um, but ultimately when people say, well, you know, I have bills to pay. Yes, we, we all do. Right. And we've had so many women who are at jobs that they hate living in places that they hate.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, like I've always wanted to move here or our families always wanted to go here or, you know, I've always wanted to do this as a career. And, and you're like, well, why don't you just do it? Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of risk involved, mm-hmm. right? We might have to change our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a big mortgage. Okay. Well, maybe you sell your house and you move into an apartment for a little while and you start to save some money. Mm hmm. Or, well, but I have a car payment and I have a mortgage. Okay, well, why don't you sell your car and drive something that's maybe a little jankier so you don't have a car payment,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Like, we can make choices. Maybe Wait, you do not bring, don't bring.
1: <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to actually just say, like, don't bring wisdom to my excuses. (laughs) Like, don't apply wisdom. Don't apply. Don't apply common sense to my excuses. Mm. Like, don't do that. Bulldozer, folks.
0: Bulldozer.
1: Yeah, because that's what it is. It's like, don't. you're, You're bringing too much sense to. The reasons why I can't do what you're asking me to do.
0: And the reasons that you're saying that you can't do it is because ultimately you're scared to do it. Yes. You're afraid to do it. And so it's much easier to make the the excuse and the reason for that. But only you know how miserable you are in your life. hmm mm-hmm. You know how miserable you are. Mm-hmm. And you're probably... A lot of times there's a song that like in one of the lines, it's about just being comfortably miserable. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of really comfortably miserable humans out there. Yeah. Right. Because I have the house and I have the car and I have these, I have the boat and I've got all the stuff, but I'm, but, but it's not actually doing anything for me because ultimately I don't, I'm not doing anything in life that feels like it has purpose. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, Jordan Peterson said something the other day about um, men who play video games. And he's like, you're out here slaying dragons in this, you know, virtual Virtual world. world. And he's like, but the problem is, is that you are not slaying any sort of dragons. He used some very big words like narrative trope. And I was like, what, what is that even? You're like, mean? hold on. He's hold like, on, let me... this isn't a blah, blah, blah. He's like, I'm not being literal, but this is a narrative trope. And I'm like, okay, he's probably- You're like, yeah, that's what I thought story, it was too. Yeah. I'm like, I don't even know what a trope <laughs> is. Um, but ultimately what he's saying is you are sitting around playing video games because you are not slaying dragons in your life. Mm-hmm. Because you- Because if you were slaying dragons, you would be living with great purpose and a burden. And so he was saying, you don't have a big enough burden to carry in this world, so you're slaying dragons on a video game. Mm -hmm. Now, playing video games every once in a while, like, that's fine. But there's this world of, like, killing, you know, like army men shooting and playing these games that were in this world of conquering. But what are we conquering in the real world? Like, Mm -hmm. I did not conquer anything today. I was totally not challenged because I'm at a job that I've been at for 25 years. And it's really easy. I learned nothing. But it's comfortable and it's safe. Yes. And I don't want to make any sacrifices to make any changes. I don't. I mean, I remember when I opened my very first gym, I was 24 years old and I am not joking you. I was right next door to La Comida, not La Comida, La Burita, La Burrita, Burita Comida. For, I did not have a lot of money and I was like pouring what money I did have. I was building a business, so I didn't have a lot of money and I freaking ate peanut butter and jelly way too often because it was cheap mm-hmm. and I would go to La Burita, and at the time this was 20 years ago. I could get a burrito, like a just a bean and cheese burrito for two dollars and fifty cents or something, and so I would eat bean burritos and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And it wasn't a season forever, thank goodness, but ultimately there was sacrifices to be to be made in order to build something. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times we don't want the sacrifice. We don't want to be uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but the, the, but the word that you said earlier, the significant, you know, you said playing the significant and purposeful lead role in the story of your life. And so for some of you, you have to ask yourself the question, am I, do I feel like I'm being purposeful? in my life or do I just feel like I'm going through the motions day in and day out struggling to feel like I'm doing anything in this world because like you had said which you might just say but you're significant Mm -hmm. you're significant whether you like it or not yeah
1: yeah I remember um you know, I have I've definitely had like a journey of belief in my life and what it is that I believe and um, challenging it, but yet also learning to ask questions and learning to not to just step into the fear of um, of asking questions and being an adult and not knowing the answer, but instead of pretending like I do know having the courage to ask a simple question or a basic question and foundational. And, um, one of those was, wow, there are people in the world that don't believe that they're significant. Mm. And I was like, damn it. Like they're significant, whether they believe it or not.
0: Or whether you like it or not. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And you look at even in culture today, it's like, we just decide that something is, even though there's clear indicators that it's something else, and we then believe, like, oh, well, we can just change what it is. Well, with some things, you absolutely cannot do that. Like, you can't. It's ridiculousness to think that you can. And so I remember kind of having this, like, this passion. And at this point, when we were actually doing, um, Camp 17, we were inside of CrossFit The Den and there was a CrossFit class happening on the other side of the rig, which was the big side of the floor. And we had it was the evening class um, that had grown in 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 Camp 17. And uh, I think there was like 25 or 30 women. And I remember us doing like a kicking and punching thing. And I remember like having them all around. And like having to call them in really close. And I actually remember. You should see the fierceness in her. Mouth. Yes. And my hands. ah oh, They're up. <laughs> they're off the desk, ladies and gentlemen. Um, And I remember looking up at these faces and these women were just they were in. Right. We were just kicking and punching. They were just like they were feeling their bodies. They were expressing and they were just lit up. And I remember calling them in and I remember saying like, you are significant whether you believe it or not and then tears just down faces and other women were just lit like little bulldogs and they were ready they just like just needed to be let (laughs) loose loose. and then we went back and just attaching or just even thinking like what if I actually start believing that I'm significant Mm. you know and then the realization of I am actually going to live out what I believe. Like my life is going to be a byproduct of what I believe. And so I believe these things and then I can see it. But so often we have the mentality of, I don't believe it until I can see it. Mm -hmm. Right. Because we don't want to be proven to be wrong. We don't want to be proven to be uh, stupid or be said to be an idiot because we are believing something that isn't true, right? And so it's, and then often what we do is then we do like this confirmation bias, right? Where we're like, we're looking for everything to prove these things to be true. And we do that with negative things often with our person. I'm insignificant. And because I'm believing that, then I look at all the things that are actually pointing to that being correct.
0: And some of us never learned that we were significant. No. Nobody ever told us. No. And so for some of you that are like really struggling with this statement, just maybe nobody told you. Yeah. So just come in here, hang out with us for a little bit will remind you Mm -hmm. until you can remember that for yourself Mm -hmm. get around people that will remind you of that or go find people but for some of you this statement feels like you can't believe it because nobody told you and no one taught you that so there's there's a place of compassion that that has to come into play here because nobody taught you to live that way Mm -hmm. and
1: Yeah. And the, you look at contribution and the fear is that I really don't have anything to give. I don't have anything to give. And we try to find things to give. And I feel like you know, you know that you've found it because you're giving without there being, or you're contributing without there being an expectation of something in return. Mm. It's just what, what you're here for like that is what you're here for and I think that there's a confusing part of this because we feel like if we find what we're really supposed to be doing and what our quote calling is then it's going to be easy (laughs) and it is far from easy and an important part that you had just described with the bean burritos and the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches which I happen to love those two things very much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you look at the sacrifice that you made and we need to make that sacrifice because then we will take care of what it is that we are growing, that we are, that we have been given. And it's like, uh, you and I, when we first became friends, I had never met somebody who had bought so many pairs of sunglasses in short period of time. Um, and I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, she's buying so many Like, and you're like, ah, they're just, they're cheap. And I just, you know.
0: I lose them. I sit on them. Yeah.
1: I sit on them often and, or I'll lose them or I'll leave them somewhere. And I was like, if you pay $200 for those, you would not be sitting on them. You would not be losing them and you would have a place for them. And this is what, like in my head, but I'm also one that will buy the most expensive of things. I probably need to work on that a little bit because I don't need to buy as many things, uh, top dollar, but. A lot of my, I do have the same things for long periods of time because I take care of them, because I steward them. And part of that is the investment initially influences the level at which I take care of things. And I realized- $10
0: sunglasses are different than $250
1: sunglasses. 100%. You're like, I don't really, I'm just going to buy another pair. And- which makes sense, right? And then there's there's much more to that that can be of you know we don't have to talk about that now, but um, even in contribution, like moving and doing the things, people that have listened to our previous podcasts, there are stories of the sacrifice that we have we have made to get to where we are today, and we don't make that sacrifice because we're promised this beautiful gym with a chandelier in the bathroom. And, right, and a rig that is on
0: its way. Oh, my gosh. We have a white (sighs) rogue rig on its way. If a rig. four feet long. If there were ever a sexy rig. We just bought one. We
1: just bought one. Yep. And we continue to invest and we continue to grow and we continue to sacrifice rather than just take everything that we can away from what is happening it's just always like we just keep yes we eat the fruit we share the fruit and then we like we're always putting back into what we have and it's great however we didn't make these sacrifices years ago because there was a promise that looked like this it was the product of just living out Our purpose, living out our calling. Um, and it was a really, really bumpy road. And um however, I feel like that was that was very much so needed because not only did when we make those investments, we trusted or those risks, we're trusting ourselves, is basically what's happening, is we are trusting ourselves to hold it up, you know, to fight for it, to forge to bring in the bulldozer, to do the hard things. And and so you look at contribution and some, when we talk to, to people, to women about contribution, they're like, well, I already have, I'm already doing this. I'm married. I have three kids. Like I can't do anything. And so what do we say to women that are in that season of life? And what do we say to women who do have a mortgage and have two cars and who do have... You know kids to take care of and one in college and right so what do you what do you say to and you say this and you've said this uh before which I absolutely love just about being a mom and the importance of that um what do you say to women who that's what their life looks like right now and they feel like they don't have they can't contribute in any way and what do you say to them Well,
0: you are contributing right now. You're raising and you're cultivating the life of little humans, Mm -hmm. like you're wiping their butt and you're making sure that they're bathed and you're teaching them to brush their teeth and you're teaching them things and you're reminding them that they're significant and you're telling them who they are Mm -hmm. and you're teaching them to dream and you're teaching them to connect with their heart and you're cultivating the life of future world changers. Mm -hmm. And so in this season, that might be what you're doing, mm-hmm. but what happens? This is where this is this is where it can get dangerous. Is when we're just trying to get through this season in order. Like I just need this season to end. But the fact of the matter is, is we're always going to be in a specific season that we're hoping is going to be over. Like right, oh, when my kids get out of this grade, and then when they get out of this grade, and then when they move on to high school, and then when they're in college, and then we just live our lives thening every situation to where we're never actually present and thriving and living in the moments that we're in. Mm -hmm. We are just enduring them, which when you get into the nervous system, that creates a survival mode in the body and hormonally and physiologically. What is happening is your body is just in a flight mode of feeling like you are being hunted and that you are just trying to get through and you are surviving. Mm-hmm. And so being able to be in the seasons that we're in are really important, mm-hmm. right? We 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 live in in valleys and peaks and we climb mountaintops and we get to the top of the mountain and we're like, "Oh my gosh, okay, I'm at the top of the mountain, but we're not going to stay there forever." Mm-hmm. Right? We go back down into the valley and that's where we're going to learn and where we're going to grow. That's also where You know, you don't see big, tall trees and orchards growing on top of mountaintops. Mm -hmm. They're growing in the valleys. Mm -hmm. And so what can we learn in the valleys and the slower seasons where we're not enduring seasons? We are present in the season and we are we are honest about the season that we are in. Mm -hmm. Right. If we're if at the gym, every single moment of every single day, we're just looking to the next thing. We're going to miss just being here right now. Mm hmm. Yeah, there's seasons that it's like, okay, it's time for us to move again. Mm -hmm. Not move locations, but it's time for us to move forward again. Okay, Mm -hmm. we've established this and then we're moving forward. But we can't do that all the time. Mm -hmm. Like we have to go down into the valley, we have to learn, we have to grow, we got to get pruned. And we but we still have to learn to be in that. Yes. Right? Yes. And learn who we are there so that then when we come out of those seasons, nobody can tell us any different mm-hmm. that no, that's not who you are, mm-hmm. which is actually one of my most favorite stories that you, like an analogy that you came up with of um, the flip flops and the eyes of when we are. Like in the seasons that we're in, we learn things about ourselves that nobody can take away from us. They can't tell us any different because we know who we are.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it, because we've seen who we
1: are. Yeah. So and will you tell the story. Yes, because it was hilarious. Yes, I don't remember the flip flop one.
0: Yeah, the flip flop. You have to tell yeah. me. Well, the flip-flop. you got the flip flop. Okay. okay, I have so the so- I- eyeballs. I'll okay. tell the eyeball
1: ones. So. As we were growing and developing this program, there were certain things, light bulbs and that went on in my mind and in my heart. And I feel like what was the coolest part or a really cool part about it was it was because it was happening in my own life in that, in that time. And it wasn't because of something I read or something I heard, but it was just happening. And there were moments that I was just struck. And I remember being out and I was teaching one of my kick fit classes. And at this point in time, we had a classroom and the classroom, you guys, was, <laughs> I just have to tell this little side note really quick. So there was a closet in the, in the gym. And I say closet because it was darn near a closet. It was a very small office that had become a closet. Room, yeah. Yes. A little storage room. And, um, I think storage room is actually giving it a lot of credit, uh, but it was very, very small. And so we needed a place that was a little bit more intimate to have deep conversations with the ladies. And that could fit 20 people, 22, including Lou and I.
0: Sometimes 30.
1: Yeah, sometimes 30. And uh, she says, okay, I think we need to clear out this uh, this closet and make it a classroom. And I looked at her and I was like, what? And she said, yeah, let's, let's clear it out. And after the, we, we can put a little whiteboard at the end. And I was like, this room is literally six feet wide. <laughs> like, Literally six feet wide. I don't know how long it was. It was long, skinny, but people would be sitting on one wall across from someone sitting with their back against the other and there was maybe room for two people that sat shoulder to shoulder in between them. So like four people wide. So there were rows of women in here after they worked out. It was ripe in there. It was really ripe. Stinky. It was like a jungle. <laughs> it was like, it was the humidity was insane. Anyway. Again, you do what you got to do. Yeah. And so I thought you were nuts, but it it was, it was incredible. So Lou was in this this classroom, if you will. And I was out teaching a kickboxing class. And I just had this like, ma- like this light bulb that went on and I ran into the office and I looked at her and I said, what color am I, are my eyes? And she was like, oh my gosh. Cause sometimes I get a little, <laughs> sometimes I get a little crazy guys. And, and she was like, well, what do you mean? I was like, what color are my eyes? Like, just, just answer the question. What color are my eyes? She's like, blue I was like exactly so then I close the door and I go out
0: she was like I'm thinking what in the world is going
1: on and so I'm out there teaching and I'm thinking to myself I'm like if I had never seen myself before if I've never experienced what it is to look at my own reflection Lou could have told me that my eyes were brown and I would have believed her because I don't know what color they are. And so outside of people that are around us telling us who we are, we need to discover who we are and we need to know who we are through experiencing ourselves. So me experiencing my reflection my entire life, I know that you're full of shiz when you tell me that no, my eyes- so then she eyes. back
0: into the room. <laughs> She comes back into the room. Oh, she yeah, opens a... the door and she's, she says, tell me that my eyes are brown. And I'm thinking, your eyes are not brown. And she kind of looks at me, tell me that my eyes are brown. And I said, your eyes are brown. And she says, no, they're not. <laughs> and she closes the door. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh just it's just so it's so true you know when sometimes we want to be told lies so that we're right yeah and sometimes we just don't know the difference yeah and the only way that we're going to know the difference even in ourselves when other people speak man i tell you we've had more deliveries that have been coming around in our parking lot today and
0: jets that are flying over i don't know if you danny said y'all you can. can hear it we're good okay great
1: so um, chantelle
0: leaves this other analogy where when we do know who we are when we know why we're alive and we know that we are living if somebody was to look at me and say lou you should not be doing this as a career you should definitely go sell real estate because that's what you should do i know me and i can say uh yeah no that's Mm -hmm. that's, this is why i'm alive and i know that i am living fully Mm -hmm. and there's way too many many administrative things to do as a real estate (laughs) so i don't think i don't want to do that but there was this one day where chantelle she doesn't remember this story she'll remember it when i say it but she we're, we're in this group of ladies, and she throws this flip flop oh, on the yes. floor. Yes, I remember. That. And she looks at you know whoever she looks at, Pamela. She says, "Pamela, tell that flip flop that it's not a flip flop." <laughs> and Pamela's like, uh, "Why? Why would I do that?" And she's like, "Tell it that it is not a flip flop." And so Pamela says, you are not a flip flop. (laughs) And then she's like, did it change from not being a flip flop? And everybody's like, well, of course not. And so it's that when we know why we're alive, when we know that we are living, people can tell us whatever they want. But Mm -hmm. when we know who we are, when we know that we are significant and that we are, we have purpose in this life and we are playing that significant and purposeful lead role. We can, we can make a difference in the world and it doesn't matter what people end up telling us Mm -hmm. that, that it is. Mm -hmm. And, but we have to be able to, to see what it is that we are really good at Mm -hmm. and realizing what we're not so good at. Mm -hmm. The air gas guy is totally about to Turned his thing on. I bet <laughs> can hear him hammering that thing. You guys, we have this. The people next door to us, they have this company that they do a lot of things that we don't know about. But they have these gigantic, um, huge tanks. Tanks. Yeah. That hold n- nitric oxide. I'm not sure what it is, but it's definitely gas that it's, has like the flammable th- or the thing yeah. that says it is flammable. Yeah. And um, and so this truck comes by once a week. And he usually gets in a rhythm, and he usually comes. Thank goodness he is here. Actually, when we don't have a class, but normally he comes. He parks his gigantic semi truck right in front of our door, mm-hmm. and then he turns his truck on. generator on generator truck. It's like exhaust city that just blows into the gym. It'll be at yeah. eight o'clock in the morning during class, and then it's just no like no bueno. <laughs> For like at least thirty minutes. Yeah. It's and then it's it smells like light. exhaust in here and we're pretty sure that he just pulled it up. Just pulled up. Yeah. But so if it we... does get really loud or feels like it is, then we might yeah, need to I think we'll be okay. Pause. But so uh, the the um the the important part is that we can in in the world that we live in, there is so much comparison. Mm-hmm so much comparison and comparison gets so dangerous when we don't realize what we're doing yeah and when we don't know who we are we're looking around Mm -hmm. and it's really hard to feel safe inside of our bodies to connect with ourselves, to know why we're alive and why we're living if (laughs) oh my gosh you guys chintel just oh my gosh we decided not to do this like round of podcasts for vi- with videos because it's just a really big production but i really wish there was video she just went to go like put her hair back and then she just freaking flexed her biceps like just flex and i'm supposed to keep a train of thought while you're just sitting there like flexing your muscles face. i
1: was hoping that it would disrupt but... no
0: it totally disrupted <sighs> so If, if I am, if I am constantly wanting things that other people have Mm -hmm. and I want to be like someone else, I'm trying to impersonate somebody else. Mm -hmm. I can be inspired, Mm -hmm. right? But, but if all I'm ever wanting is to be like someone else, Mm -hmm. I am going to consistently be disappointed. Yeah. Right. I, I have used this analogy for a really long time, and I don't know if I've ever said it on podcasts, but if I did, I'm sorry. I'm going to repeat myself. Chantelle is my roommate. And in our old house, our rooms used to be like across the hall from each other. And if every day she came out of her room and was like, hey, good morning. And every day I was like, dang, I wish that my eyes were blue and that my legs were as long as yours. Like, that's a very disappointing Way to start every single day. Yeah. Because my legs are not going to get longer. No. And my eyes are not going to be blue. Yeah. My eyes are hazel and my legs are short.
1: Mm -hmm. No, I was just going to go down something that maybe it might be a little too touchy, but it really, because I was just thinking like there are actually, there are doctors in places right now that will break your legs and make your legs longer. Totally. Which is ridiculous. It's ridiculous.
0: Anyways, yeah. yeah. let's, anyway, not, let's yeah. not go down there. I was going to go with the lips a, and boobs and there, and plastic surgeries and all the things. And, but yeah. but here's the thing is, can we be inspired? Mm-hmm. We can be inspired. But I, we need to be inspired to be ourselves, yes. not to try to be mm, somebody else.
1: Yeah, that's right? really good.
0: And so impersonation and inspiration are two very different things. And yes. you get to decide how you're going to live. Yes. Like that. I, I went, uh, so I taught karate for many
1: years and, um, those of you that listen on the regular, you are aware of that. And I have a student, or I Jesus. had a student, <laughs> I <laughs> I had a student who um, asked me, it was actually so crazy because he asked me, he's like, Hey, I'm in town. Uh, Do you want to go have a drink together? And I was like, You were 12 when I was teaching you. Anyway, so we went, um, we had a drink together, and he was talking to me, and he's this great young man, and he's quoting all of these philosophers. And I mean, like he has them written in front of him. Like yeah. he said these quotes time and time over again. Well, so-and-so says this and da 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 And I'm like, oh my gosh, so-and-so says this and da-da-da-da. And I'm like, man, you have not given me one original thought mm. in the two hours that we have been sitting here together. You have given me what you think about other people's thoughts. But even then you're just quoting them and that's it. That's what's starting the conversation. And it really is like he is being inspired by them, but he's just repeating what they've already said. And there is the fear of like, you actually have, like you have something to say. Mm. It's owning that you have something to say. What is it? Yeah. Your job is not to be to like, just repeat everything that everyone else says. It's not to be, what do you call that? Like a recorder, you know, it's, it's not, it is to be who you are. And so it's, it's, that's the part that's a little scary because if I am fully who I am, then what does that mean? I can be accepted or not. It's the same thing in movement. When we look at finding our capacity, if you are, if you truly do fail, you've given everything that you possibly can in a movement, in a sandbag carry, in a deadlift, and then you fail, what you have currently isn't enough to lift the weight, isn't enough to walk the distance. Doesn't mean you are not enough. Correct. It means that we have found a starting place, an honest and true starting place to where now we can build strength from there now we can look at, okay, this is my capacity. But if we're quitting, if we're just repeating what other people say, because it sounds better, we're not trusting ourselves. And I'm not saying that you can't repeat what other people say. I hope, I hope you don't hear me say that, but it is you, you have things to say too, that are powerful. But what In is the it? way that you would say it mm-hmm. and because of the experiences that you have had yeah. the risks that you have taken the burdens that you have taken on yeah. the fights that you have fought the times where you have given everything you have and it wasn't enough and then what you did after getting that answer. Right? What you did after that, that wasn't enough. What did you do? Did you just quit? Because I can guarantee that that guy that you're quoting didn't just
0: quit. Yeah. And he didn't just arrive at that quote on the very first thing that he ever wrote.
1: Exactly. And
0: I remember when
1: first taking the risks that I did in my life and you and I starting to work together. And lots of changes happened in my life during that time. And I remember feeling very, uh, I remember feeling like not equipped for what we were walking into. And I am thinking, I'm not ready. I don't have the things that I need in order to carry this load. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to do this. And so the safest thing for me was to look for external sources to give me direction as to where I should go. And you were the closest one to me. And we were both running in the same direction. So I would look at you for as a resource for what I needed to do next. And so I just started, I was like, oh, Lou's doing this. She's inspiring people this way. I need to start doing that too. She's doing this. I need to start doing this. She's doing that. I need to start doing that. And I was just then finding, which honestly it was very helpful because it kept, it started the ball rolling. But then once I realized this is not me. Mm. Who am I? Because now I'm just, I'm needing more information and I'm needing more of a source and you're not giving it to me because you didn't even know that I was looking to you to begin with. Then I thought, okay, well, that's when I knew that I was no longer looking to you and get to get my ball rolling. I was now looking to
0: me, and I had to now trust me. Yeah. And And which was very scary. Rolling, you're looking at, you're thinking, okay, Lou's reading these books, and then she retains this information, and then she creates this like chart. When in fact, you teach in story, Mm -hmm. you teach in analogy, Mm -hmm. and it would be so weird if you were doing if you were teaching the way that i taught
1: yeah and it it was harder for me Because because it wasn't natural because it wasn't natural but i felt like i needed to yeah because that's what i was inspired by when i watched you teach and when i watched you learn and discover different things right and so i remember I remember that season and you and I, we were actually, uh, we were away, we were invited to, to speak. Um, and I remember being in the hotel room and laying in bed and thinking, holy shit. Lou is the chips and I am the salsa. why am I trying to bring more chips to the party? (laughs) Like why, if everybody brought chips to the party, there would just be a bunch of chips. And I think I've also, yeah, I've shared this, I've shared this before, I think on another podcast, but that is where it came from was in that moment, even looking at my own contribution to the world and how things got started it wasn't just all of a sudden everything came into my lap there was a lot of doubt there was a lot of questioning my ability my endurance my strength all the things that you know physically mentally emotionally um, and I could name so many things that could have kept me from taking action I could have named so many things And I could still name things that I feel like keep me from taking action in my life. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so this to kind of like wrap up contribution, I think that it's a, it's a scary topic. It's one that isn't something that you just, I mean, or it is that you just dive into. But if it makes you uncomfortable listening to this, good. Yeah. Because it could mean that there is there's something inside of you that is dying to get out yeah you know there's something inside of you that's like hey listen ps- ps- this is this is what this is what i've been tickling you about for a long time mm-hmm. and this is what this
0: looks like and 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 so hopefully but it's not going to feel it's not going to feel easy it's not going to feel simple it's not going to feel you guys it is so- oh my gosh It is maybe maybe we should wrap up this let's wrap up this episode because there is a hissing and a (laughs) rumbling outside that is awful and it's going to go for probably the next 30 to 45 minutes yeah and that's too long and that's too long because that is really loud man i tell you what, what lou I, We're a good hour and 42 minutes into this episode, so maybe we'll just make it a two-parter. Yeah, I am jacked after talking to you about <laughs> all
1: this. You know, yeah. it just, it really does just, uh, you know, it tickles you. It's And so, like, just to, just to conclude that, if this is something where, if you already decided as you're listening to this in looking at contribution, you're like, mm, this doesn't apply to me. Well, does it not? Yeah. Like, you are human, you are alive, and just ask yourself the questions even you know like do you believe that you are significant yeah do you believe that you have a purpose in this world and but if we are wanting other people's callings if we are wanting other people's quote purpose and wishing that we had what they have and because you don't have what they have then you're just deciding not to find out why you're actually here that is being a brat actually (laughs) If you think about it, I don't get what I want and it doesn't look like the way that I want it to look. And so, therefore, I'm going to abandon my purpose here on this earth. Like, man, like that means I get to miss out. Like, I am missing out. Like, you are alive for the benefit of other people. Like, you, I benefit from you, Lou, being as passionate as you are about life and about caring for people and wanting to know and connect the dots and to find reason with things, I get to benefit from that. Not because you're training me, but because I get to see how that affects other people. I get to benefit from that and they get to benefit from that as well. And it, it's like that with with all of the things I feel like, all the different callings that people have, like we get to benefit from other people's lives. Yeah. and. But yes, we we often feel like we get the benefit from other people's lives, but nobody's going to ben- get them.
0: Are we are we beneficial benefiting other people? But yeah, I'm like that. Doesn't- <laughs> yeah. But we I want to I want to end with this. And I know that I've said this a lot and it goes just exactly off of what you were saying is so often. We live in a culture where there's a lot of people just being really loud and Mm -hmm. like you should do this and people should be doing this and the government should be doing this and the president should be doing this and the governor should be doing this and people should be doing this Mm. and it and they're just yelling Mm -hmm. and and you have to stop and you're like so what are you doing Mm -hmm. like you don't like what's happening in the world. And instead of yelling that other people should go and do that, what are you doing? Yeah. Right? You want what other people are doing, but are you willing to go through what those people mm-hmm. actually have gone through? Mm-hmm. Do you want what it is that they've walked through? Do you want that part of that story? hmm Or do you just want the end part of it? But you may not want all that's in the middle. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. everybody thinks, gosh, it'd be so cool to own a gym. And then you start a gym and you're like, oh, my gosh, there's so many things mm-hmm. about this that are definitely not sexy. Mm-hmm. Right. But we look at certain things and we want people to do certain things and we want other people to do stuff. Mm-hmm. But then we have to stop and look at ourselves and and realize and ask ourselves a question. What am I doing? Mm hmm. So yeah. if you want this change in the world, looking at the things that you're passionate about, what sets your heart on fire? What are you really good at? What what makes you come alive? What makes you burn? Is it foster care? Is it adoption? Maybe it's animals. Maybe it's the elderly. Mm-hmm. Maybe like there's so many different things that that light us all up. Mm-hmm. Right. And we get to decide what we're going to do with that. We get to decide how we're going to be inspired to change the world mm-hmm. instead of just sitting back in our freaking chairs and yelling at everybody else or criticizing everybody else on social media. Yeah. Like if that's what you're doing, like get off your ass and go do something mm-hmm. like go do something with purpose mm-hmm. because you being critical of everyone else is doing nothing. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's not. Yeah, it's very true. It's it's that quote, that Theodore Roosevelt quote of like being in the arena and mm-hmm. you're getting bloody, and if you're not, then shut up.
1: Yeah, you know exactly. Like
0: if you're not willing to get in there and get your hands dirty and like sweat and get beat up and bruised because you're like in the arena, mm-hmm. you you need to you need to be quiet. Yeah, yeah
1: it's very, it's very true. You know, Eve, I was driving, uh, yesterday and, um, just, I know that you're looking something up. I'm I'm just gonna, gonna, I'm just gonna, uh, float on this for just a second. But also I think what was important when you and I first started working together, we knew that the people had to come first and then the money would come after that. And we've been very blessed to have a lot of things show up in our life, uh, financially that, uh, would just blow your mind. And, um, but in, in this situation, sometimes we feel like, okay, well, contribution just means that I'm going to just, just make money. Yeah. Like that's, that's great. But if your focus is always, and always will be just on the money, the people will get in the way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like the people, the people will get in the way. And so, um, Yeah. So just kind of sit on that a little bit. Where am I just doing this just to make money? Yeah. And so sometimes that is something that might be temporary, which is okay because we do need money, folks. And we're not (laughs) saying that we that you don't and you should just live in this like poverty mindset or just. Be self-sacrificial, but no, it's okay to want to make
0: money. Yes, it is. And need to, because that's that's how the doors stay open. Yes. Yeah. So the quote, most of you have have heard this, but the man in the arena, and it is, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. Okay. Where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena. Mm-hmm whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, Mm. but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in worthy causes. Are you spending yourself in worthy causes? Mm that's not in, in in the quote i just said that so <laughs> who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement a of, of high achievement and who at the worst if he fails at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat ugh mr S- theodore roosevelt so powerful are you one of those souls who neither knows victory nor defeat? Mm. And I think maybe we just leave it put there. Put a bow. Put a bow on that. To continued. Yes. Lou.
1: Was a pleasure as always sitting across from you. I just never get bored of you as a human, as a leader, as just I just sit across from you. Yeah, and as a friend. Okay, good. Yes, okay. yes,
0: right. right. yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening. Please share, uh, subscribe, all those things that you're like supposed to say at the end of a podcast so that people like do stuff. You can find uh, me on. Instagram at Lou Crenshaw. You can find Chantelle at Chantelle.Dayton. You can find us on uh, Instagram at Drop Gym Effect or even Drop Gym Medford at our local community. Our Drop Gym Effect is more of our global community. Mm-hmm. You can check out our website that
1: also has a list of our the events that we have left for, yeah, for 2023. 2023. And then um, dropgym.com is the website. Yes. Yeah all right thank you for thank you for listening yeah
0: we'll see you or talk to you or have you listen to you'll a, hear us later you'll hear words from us yeah later. <laughs> and you can like find us on spotify and apple yes you can and yeah we're so professional thank you come again <laughs> all right have a good day mm-hmm. bye a great day <laughs> bye-bye bye-bye <laughs>